Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. I want to begin a sermon series called On This Rock today, and it's going back to a passage that we studied in the spring for about three months. And I want to go back to it because it's just so rich, and it became more than just one message, more than just one series. It became multiple series, and here we're going to dive back into it today. And it's going to begin today in Matthew 16, verse 16. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? I want to ask that to you today at Promise Inn in 2023. Who do you say that Jesus is? The answer to that question changes everything. It means everything. Who is Jesus to you? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And now let me just stop there and say, you know, it's great that Peter said that. But him saying that doesn't mean that you say that. We each have to ourselves uh, as as N.T. Wright, the great theologian, says, we have to, each one of us, cut our teeth on the gospel. So every generation, every person comes to this question. Who do you say that Jesus is? Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because your father, my father in heaven, has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. No matter how much the devil wants to destroy Jesus' church, he will never succeed in doing that because Jesus is building something that is beyond what the devil can defeat. So today I want us to answer two questions And I believe these two questions have big implications in your life, in my life, in the life of humans. What is the rock and what is the church? I want to talk about that today. First of all, what is the rock? First of all, I want to ask you, is this the rock right here? Here's a picture. Here's an option. Is that the rock? That is the rock, but that's not the rock, okay? He's the rock. There's a difference in the and the, okay? <laughs> Great guy. I love him. Funny. Kind of looks like me, doesn't he? I mean, the, yeah. Anyway, okay, let's take that picture off. What about this? Is this the rock right here? There's another option. Ooh, that's, that's interesting. I want to share with you today the distinction between what Protestant churches believe and what the Catholic church believes. The Catholic church believes that when Peter told, when Jesus told Peter, that he was the rock, that that meant that he uniquely was the rock and no one else. And so Peter, the Catholic Church believed, was in essence the first pope. And when Peter died, he passed that rock status on to the next person. And this lineage of people has come to the current pope, and the Catholic Church believes that the entire church is built on this one person. The Protestant church does not believe that. Just want to be clear about that today. We don't believe that 
theology. We believe that Jesus was not talking about Peter as a specific person and uniquely only him. But we do believe that he was telling Peter he was the rock because of what was happening and what he declared. I want us to step back and really look at what what was going on when Jesus said this about Peter. Why did he say that about Peter? Was it because of this unique human? No, it was not. What was happening was that a human, yes, Peter was a human, but a human was putting his faith in Jesus. And there's this combination of human faith plus the gospel of Jesus equals the rock. I want you to just have that little formula and write it down, think about it. Human faith matters. The gospel of Jesus matters. The gospel of Jesus is the fact that Jesus came to this earth as an innocent human being, never sinned, never made a mistake, lived a perfect life, then willingly took on the sins of the world and exchanged our punishment for his reward. He took our punishment, the cross, death, separation from God, and he gives us his reward, which is eternal life with God. It's an exchange. That's the gospel. We don't pay for it. We don't earn it. He gives it to us as a free gift. That's, that's the gospel of Jesus, that we're able to live with God forever and ever in eternity and be in heaven and a new earth and a new heaven because of the work that Jesus did, not the work that we do. That's the gospel of Jesus. And anyone in here today that has not said yes to Jesus and stepped into a relationship with Jesus, I want to welcome you into the family today, into that human faith, and, and have that moment, just like Peter said, where you are the rock, Jesus. You, you are the Savior, Jesus. You are the Messiah. You're, you're my Savior. You're not just a Savior, but Jesus, you're saving me because I need you. I'm a sinner. That's, that's a moment I want to welcome you into. That's human faith. And the gospel of Jesus, it's a combination. God created the world this way. God, God, God's the one that made the world that, to work this way. He could have made it to work in any way that he wanted to. He, God can do anything, but he chooses not to do stuff without us being involved. He wants us involved. He wanted Abraham involved and Moses involved and David and Deborah and Esther and John and Mary and, and Elizabeth and all the people of the Bible that we read about. They're all important because he chooses to work through people. And what I want you to catch a vision of today is that that's not done yet. That's not finished. He's still wanting to work through you. Your human faith, not just in some ambiguous thing, not, don't just put your faith in something ambiguous, but putting your faith in the gospel of Jesus establishes a rock, a foundation that is able to hold this amazing church that God is building. My pastor would always say, without God, we cannot. And without us, God will not. When people declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, the foundation is laid for Jesus to build his church. His church. You know, to build anything significant, you have to have a good foundation. We just sang about it. We just sing about it, the foundation. We have to lay a strong foundation if it's not there already. I want to show you this picture of my house 
well, outside of my house. This is when we dug the septic system for my house. Look at the rock that had to be dug. Now, we didn't dig that with a shovel and a pick because it had been impossible. We had, to, we had to hire someone with a, a backhoe that had a jackhammer on the back of the backhoe. It was so, it was so dense. It's complete rock. It's solid rock. The dirt that you see in the bottom was added later. We added a foot of dirt to level it out and make it completely level. But that's what we're sitting on right here. This, this whole neighborhood, this whole area from basically the church up to where I live at the, at the Blanco River is, is called The Rock. Everybody that lives out here calls it The Rock because of this right here. Uh, give up trying to grow grass, you know. Give it up. Unless you bring in a ton of dirt and put it on top of the rock. Um, that is a firm foundation. My house is not going anywhere, okay, because it's built on that. We didn't even need to put a concrete slab in because we have get it just built on that, just scraped off the dirt, topsoil there, which you can see is like about an inch deep. That is a firm foundation. When you build on something strong like that, it's going to last. So if a church is failing in 2023, it's not Jesus' fault. Jesus is building his church, but it's a foundation fault. It's a faith fault. Jesus is steady and trustworthy. And when we put our faith in Jesus, when we put our trust, a human, frail, feeble faith that we have, when we put it in the solid stature of Jesus, it's a solid rock, stable, unmoving, ready for the tornadoes of life, for the winds of life, the floods of life. Whenever Jesus builds his church, doesn't matter what comes our way, uh, this is the space where, where Jesus builds his church. That's the rock, the foundation. Human faith in the gospel of Jesus is the rock. But what about the church? What is the church? He says, He's going to build his church. What does that mean? When, when you just close your eyes and you, and, you, and you have, like, what's the vision you have of a church? You know, if you ask probably 99% of Americans right now, close your eyes, what do you have as a vision of your church? They would see a, a, a building with a, a steep roof and a big cross coming out the top or steeple, right? What is a church? That... In our vision, that's what it is. But I want to go to the original word that was used here in the Bible, ecclesia. Ecclesia is the definition of ecclesia is a gathering of citizens. Someone say citizen. All right. Citizens, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place. It is an assembly. It's a gathering of people who belong. Citizens have the right to be there. They belong. They're called out from their private space. So there's a literal movement of your body. You're literally gathering like today. This is it. You're literally coming out of your house into this place. So there is that part of it. The Bible says don't neglect gathering together. And so that's important. But there's also a spiritual and a psychological movement away from your selfishness and your self-centeredness out of that private place. Come on. Where, where you're not isolated. You're not an individual. So it's beyond just your physical body gathering together. 
but it's also you saying, I am going to let go of some of my privacy and I'm going to get together with other people and I'm going to let go of some of my selfishness and my self-centeredness. I'm going to humble myself with other human beings. And so that's what's happening. And that's Jesus' ecclesia. It's Jesus' It's Jesus's group of people that are united into his calling and teachings. This is what Jesus is saying he's going to build. On our human faith in him, he's going to build a people, a tribe, that's going to come together in his name and come out of our private places and out of our, our private homes and out of our ideology and philosophy and our own little worlds, we're going to come out of that into a family, into a body that he is building. Now, the word ecclesia could, could, could be a secular term. It could be something that could be a club, you know. It could be an organization. But I want to be very clear about this. When we gather together here at Promised Land, we are gathering as Jesus' ecclesia. You're here today as a part of Jesus' church. This is his church. He is our leader. And he is building this group of people right here around you into his body. Right? A unified group that's moving together toward a greater purpose. Greater than each individual person that's here. A lot of great people in here. But we're gathering together to go beyond our individuality into something better than us as individuals into his body, his ecclesia. Ephesians 2 and 19 through 22. I want us to read this together. Write this down, uh, highlight it, whatever. So now you Gentiles, which means sinners, outsiders, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're fellow citizens. That word citizens to belong again, to be, you know, to, to be legally a part of something. When you go to the San Marcos Activity Center and you want to become a member of San Marcos Activity Center, they say, are you a San Marcos citizen? Because if you are, it's like, I don't know, $80 a year. If you're not a San Marcos citizen, it's like $300 a year. It matters if you're a citizen or not. Saying, okay. Because those citizens have been paying taxes, city taxes. Anyway, let's keep going. You're fellow citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The foundation of the apostles' faith in Jesus. The, The foundation of the prophets' faith in God. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Jesus' own faith. And his purpose from the Father is created this foundation. This is Jesus' ecclesia, meaning no longer foreigners, no longer guests, no longer strangers. I'm, I, I think about the grace, Pastor Norman, who was just up here. He, has, he and his family have come to the United States on a visa right now. They're not, they're not citizens yet of the United States, but they're here. But they're citizens of God's family. Come on. They belong here. They're legal here because they're citizens of God's family. Really interesting distinction there. 
And, um, you know, I think about, you know, the word fellow, this is the only word this word fellow citizens is in the Bible, but it just really brings a richness to belonging and acceptance. We, you belong here. We accept you. And uh, there's a couple of words that people use in America to describe this fellow citizenship status. And one of them is local. Are you a local? You know, do you belong here? Are you from here? Um, are you a Texan? Are, are you real? Are you a real Texan? I was just talking to somebody last night. I didn't even ask him. He, he lived, he grew up in Oklahoma. He's lived in Texas for 30 years. And he told me, I'm a Texan. I was like, great. You know, welcome. You've been here 30 years. That's awesome. But isn't it interesting how that just mentality is, I'm a local. I belong here. And that's really what this text is talking about, is that you're a local. You're a citizen. You, you, you belong here. Another one that's used, and this is in towns that are more transient in nature. The town, I've told you about a couple of times in Taos where we used to live in New Mexico. People say, I'm a lifer. I'm a lifer. What does that mean? That means I'm never moving away from here. I'm not going to be one of these people that live here for a few years and then go back home or whatever. Uh, I'm a lifer. I'm a local and I'm a lifer. I'm not going anywhere. And that's really what the, they're saying here. That this is, and the, the old, an old word for this would be tribe. This is my tribe. This is where I belong here. That's what Jesus is building is that concept where you're going to be a part of his local ecclesia, the local church. Verse 21 says, we are carefully joined together in him. Um, the thing that connects us together is not our race, it's not our gender, it's not our sexuality, it's, it's not our education status, it's not our money, it's not, that's not what makes us together here, but what brings us together is Jesus. That's what unites us all, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made a part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You know, every time you see the word Gentile, that means you were, that Gentile means outsider, means sinner. And so whenever you see that word Gentile, it means, okay, come on in. You're welcome here. You're adopted into the family. Through him, you Gentiles, you outsiders are also being made a part of this dwelling, this ecclesia that Jesus is building where God lives by his spirit. No longer lone ranger believers, no longer out on the fringes, but now coming in. I want us to see another miracle that happens with Jesus' ecclesia. He doesn't just want us to come together to be this holy club that we just like look at the rest of the world and like mm, poor other people that are not a part of this church, this ecclesia. That's not Jesus' intent. In fact, it's Jesus' intent for us to make a difference in the world, to impact the world. Ephesians 3 this is uh, the next chapter, 3, verse 9. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
that the church, that Jesus' ecclesia would be the hope of the world. He put us on this place, just like he deemed the Jewish race to be the vehicle which brought redemption to the world. He is now saying that that mantle is on his church, and that's Jews and Gentiles, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, can be in this ecclesia, this church that is going to, I love what this, this, uh, this bold part right there, that his purpose is to use promised land, the local church, to, to display his wisdom and rich variety to all the unseen. This is like, not just to your coworkers, but to the spirits of darkness, to the spirits of the heavenly, the heavenlies, the unseen rulers and authority in heavenly places that you and I are actually going to be on display, and we are actually going to be culture changers. We're going to be a part of the great renewal of God's plan, that the, that the status you see on this earth is not eternity status but that there's going to be a great refining and a great renewal that's going to happen where there's a new heaven and a new earth and that the church is actually a part of that plan of God, that human beings getting beyond themselves, getting outside of their homes, engaging with the coworkers and the governments and the the arts and the business and the education, all the different spheres of this world that exists, and the church actually engaging and bringing this contagious Holy Ghost that's going to change people from the inside out. And, um, you know, I talked about a little bit about this last week about how our posture towards those that are far from God have to be like Jesus. And this is the message today, really, is a continuation of that that we as a group, we're going to do that together. We're going to make an impact together. And um, there's been this shift. I mean, I, I think a lot of Christians when we first came to America had this idea, knew that this was going to be the case. And um, that's why there's so many missional things that happen across the world. It's because the church is going into these places that don't know Jesus and making a difference. But it seems like once that happens, they just kind of sit back. But the job's not done yet. And there's this shift, especially in America, um, where in the early 1900s, the, uh, and, and really in the mid-1900s for sure, America became much more secular and forgot God and started thinking that the federal government was going to take that role. Uh, but I want you to think about all the major hospitals in major cities uh, that are operating were all started by churches, right? Think about it. Catholic Church, Methodist Church, Lutheran Church, Seventh-day Adventists. I mean, all these different churches are the ones that started hospitals. Think about all the major universities that started here in America in the 1700s, 1800s. Started by churches, shelters, outreach centers, Started by churches. Salvation Army started as a church. It's amazing. All of these things started church. Now, there's a shift, and I don't want to get into this in much detail, but come on, help me. Help me land this plane. Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
I want us to stop making excuses, stop blaming the government and blaming other people for what the church is supposed to be doing. The church is supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, a city set on a hill to make a difference. And instead of being lazy, apathetic, I mean, the last couple of weeks I've been fired up and, you know, let's go. Let's do this, you know. I, I don't want to just be a church that's content with, with uh, you know, a certain whatever. No. As long as there's people out there that don't know Jesus, that haven't been impacted by the gospel, it is the church's role to interact with them and engage with them and be Jesus, to be Jesus in a very broken and tough place. It is the local church. It is promised land. It is the other pieces of the local church here in San Marcos. That is the ecclesia. It is the expression of Jesus's global church. The local church is Jesus' expression of the global body that actually builds the kingdom. It's the local church that's actually on the ground, boots on the ground, making a difference that eventually is going to usher in the full renewal of this planet. I want you to think about all the things you want to be changed about the earth right now. All the things you want different about the world. I've got a list, right? We all got a I wish this was different. That was different. I want you to understand that it is the church's role to change that list. That's why what we're doing here is so important. Because the great redemption that was started in the broken body of Jesus on the cross will be completed in the unity of Jesus' ecclesia, the body of Christ right here. Would you stand with me right now? I want us to go to God and um, I want us to pray about what that means to us right now. We say pray. We're just having a conversation with God. It doesn't have to be specific or um, you don't have to, some of you that are new to prayer, you don't have to pray in like King James language. Uh, You can just talk to God. So I want us to share a moment right here together where we talk to God together. And that um, maybe he's convicting you right now, stirring your heart. Mm. Have we been uh, maybe so geared toward our own thing or maybe so hyper-focused on one particular area or one enemy that we have or certain political party or whatever, so focused on that that we've lost the vision of God's church, the ecclesia, and, and maybe we're not, maybe we're not invested enough in God's local body, and we've just, we've just been haphazard about church attendance and church involvement, and uh, this is this is where I want you to really listen to God today. And if promise land's not the place for you to go all in, find another part of God's body and go all in because it matters. It matters. There's different expressions. There's different, you know, literal languages and different styles and all that of God's body. It's a beautiful thing about the local church. But find a place and let's go all in. 
build this foundation with our faith, our faith in Jesus. And let's, let's get excited about what God's going to be doing in our area in this place. So would you, would you bow your head with me right now and let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, we surrender this moment to you right now. And I just want you to know as a leader of Promised Land that we're dedicating this body to you. That if there's anything about what we're doing here that's about me, about Nate, about Emilio, about Chris, about uh, any, any person, forgive us. And instead, Lord, we consecrate this movement, this gathering of people out of our private homes and into this public space Lord this is your body we just want you to know that that you have total control of this that you're the you're the savior that you're the Lord of our life and if you haven't made that confession why don't you just make it with me right now just say Jesus you're the Lord of my life you're the Lord of my house you're the Lord of my body you're the Lord of my past my present and my future you're my savior Jesus I believe in you Jesus please forgive me I think we all could say that. Lord, please forgive me of my sin. I've sinned this week. I've fallen short of your glory. I've fallen short of your righteousness. And I need your forgiveness and redemption. Lord, I have a humble heart. I have a heart that's, that's, that's chasing after you, God, today. <clears throat> in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in Promised Land. Thank you for what you're doing in this house, in this body that you're building. God, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Baptize us from the top of our heads to the sole of our feet. Lord, in this room and wherever we go, Lord, that your spirit would be pronounced and be going before us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.